Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. This is our series on relationship at Life Church Home, and this is my chance to really talk to you about setting you up for tremendous success relationally. So as we get this message started, I know it's going to help you because we've had feedback from all kinds of people here at Life Church Home as they heard this message, from university students to people in employment, people that run businesses, people even in a marriage situation that needs changing because when you get this foundational aspect right relationally, your world is about to change. This message is called Abba Anka. Let's get it started. All right, come on, let's pray before we open the Word of God tonight. God, we just thank you for this time that we share. Lord, let your Word speak to our current situation. Let it bring life, and hope, and healing, and vibrancy. And Lord, let us help you to understand where we're coming from. And Lord, help us to understand your great love and power that you feel towards us. Amen and amen and amen. All right, come on. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12, verse 48. Matthew chapter 12, verse 48. Come on, everybody should have an iPhone, an iPad, something to write with, a pen and paper. So, so important in this series about relatability that we dig into this together. I'm reading from the words of Jesus, which is always good. And Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 48. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mothers and his brothers stood outside. They wanted to speak to him, and someone told Jesus, Jesus, your mother and your brother, they want to speak to you. And Jesus said, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother, my brother, and my sister. In other words, Jesus changed the playing field when it comes to relationships. And he put it into the realm of the will of God. Because life is about relationships. From the time that you're born to the time that you die, it's about relationships. It's about interaction with people. It is. And so the Bible talks about relationships. It starts with the first family, Adam and Eve, in tremendous dysfunction, and finishes with the church triumphant and strong. But the entire Bible is filled with interactions from all different kinds of people and all different kinds of situations. And so in this foundational series of relatability, we've got to understand that Jesus has a lot to say about that relationship. He has a lot to say about the relationships that we should have in marriage and about our relationships with our employers, our employees, or politicians and rulers and governments. But before we get into any of that stuff, we've got to understand these two anchor principles that I'm going to lay down tonight. And if we can get these two anchor principles in our life about relatability, then it's going to change the way we flow and function. Last week, Charlotte spoke so well about being a feeder, about that whole aspect of you need people to feed you, about breeders and about leaders, and she laid that platform out, which is brilliant. But now I wanted to talk about these anchor promises, because if we get these right, it affects the way we relate to each other and to God. Now, I don't know how your day started, but let me tell you how my day started this morning. Because I've been away in Poland, it's been a little crazy. And so I woke up early this morning, pretty early to just get ready. And so I was up before my children. So my son Noah, he wakes up about 7.30 and he came and found me in the house. And he had a smile on his face, but he didn't say anything to me. And he walked into the room and without saying any words, he had a little smile on his face. He just walked over, and he gave me a big old hug. Now, for an eight-year-old boy, some boys don't think that's cool. And often, 
you know, Noah's to the point now where he doesn't hug me that much, but for whatever reason, mom's away or whatever, he just wanted to give me a big hug. And I thought that hug might last 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. He's still squeezing me. And I'm like, I'm ready to let go because I love him and I've given him a hug, but he's not ready to let go yet. He just needed to be that, feel that father's embrace. And, and as he's hugging me, it's ironic that today I'm talking about these anchor promises. And the first anchor promises I'm talking about is how God is our father. And, and as he's hugging me, and I, I just realized that, that we all, in different times in our life, we need to know God as a father. We need to have that foundational, relational aspect nailed. We need to have it in place. It needs to be solid. It needs to have a, a stability in our lives that nothing else can shake. And I just realized, in a two-minute hug, I have rewired my son for success. Just in a hug without saying anything else, without trying to impress him with my words, just being there and physically being around him with my arms of, of love in my heart. Sometimes when you're in church, things are going wrong, you don't really think that everything's working out the way you thought it should work out. But just being in the worship, just being in the presence of God helps you to bottom out and helps you to understand this foundational fact. So I want to get down to what we call in Yorkshire brass tacks. I want to get down to the bottom level and from there we build up again. I think if we nail this foundation stone, everything else gets a whole lot easier. Because when Jesus was going through difficult times, he prayed in a way that showed his intimacy and his relationship with God, his Father. And he even used this word, this Aramaic word, we don't understand it much in our English language, called Abba. Abba is so much more than a Swedish rock band from the 70s. Come on, somebody. Me and Rich Martin went in an airport. We were in Stockholm, and I lost track of Rich. I'm like, where did Rich go? Where did Rich go? And in the airport, they had like a special museum dedicated to ABBA. And Rich was loving it. He was like, he was remembering all the songs. He used to have a little dance-off party. Album. So I'm like, I'm not really so embarrassed. I'm like walking on the other side of the airport. And I'm like, what are you doing, Rich? What are you doing? I said, I've never seen an ABBA museum before. I should have put those, those pictures up to show the church I'm telling the truth. And we had a laugh about it. But the point is, in our culture today, we've lost the foundational understanding of what it means to have God as our Father. We have so many insecurity problems that riddle our lives, so many different circumstances that challenge our faith and bring doubt in. And if we understand, like we sang in the worship, that our foundational relationship with God is unshakable. Nothing can change that. It's unchangeable. In other words, God cannot love you any more than he does right now. I mean, that's just a game changer. If you don't remember anything else for the rest of this month, remember that and you can build on it. And remember that when you look yourself in the mirror, when you get up in the morning, remember that God is excited because you're awake. Yeah. That God is excited because he's put a dream and a destiny in your heart. He made you and he formed you and he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for your love. I think often we get this confused. We think God wants perfection. No, he wants your affection. Affection is so much more powerful than perfection. Because when you have the affection right, you desire to do God's will. 
And that's what Jesus is trying to get apart here. He's not trying to say, you know, you might have the same last name as the person next to you. And you might live at the same residence and people in your house. But if you ain't doing the will of God, I'm sorry, honey, you ain't walking in the plan of God. You know, and I know what this is like because I've got a lot of people in my world that were family, uncles and aunts and different people. And I was the first person to become a Christian in my family. And so I had to work at this. I had to learn this. And I had to learn that God adds people to your world that are not your natural family. They're your spiritual family. But we have the same father. And that's how God can take a brother from Denmark who now lives in Belfast and we're brothers. Or he can take somebody from Norway or Sweden and we're in the same church family and we're called brothers. Or you can take somebody from Africa and you come to Bradford for the first time and you find a sister here. I mean, God does that. Why? Because the body of Christ is, it's only about unity and diversity. You know, and so Jesus, he does this thing. He's like, he's like, the Bible says this in Matthew 12, he points to people around the room. When they say your mother's brothers, sisters are outside, they want to talk to you. He goes, no, 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 no. Whoever does the will of God, they're my mothers and brothers. He starts pointing at people, pointing at people, people that look different than him, people from a different educational background, people from a different economic background, people who are different than us, who are at odds with us. And Jesus is like, hey, come on, get over that difference because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Now this principle, and this is the title of this message, I want to call it your Abba Anchor. And if your Abba anchor is a foundational anchor in your life, you should never let go of that anchor. That principle will get you through whatever tough time and deep water you're going through. It will keep you to a place where you can hold fast and you can hold strong and you can hold firm despite the tidal wave of obstacles that come against you. I have found this to be so, so true because people, people are brilliant. People are amazing. But the brilliance of people can also be brutal. You only need to look at the persecution in Iraq to see that at the moment. When precious Christians and children are being persecuted, even beheaded, things I don't even want to talk about from a platform. But there are brothers and sisters and we should be praying for them. People can be brutal. People that build you up can also be the same people that tear you down by their gossip. And it's just wrong and it's just not right. Family members even can do this to each other. They can devour each other. Now, the Bible's so clear about this. The Bible says that we should have a guard and that we should have a shield. And we've got to learn as Christians when we should raise our guard and lower our guard. Guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. So when people, even people close to you, they start damaging your heart by their unbelief, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And then... You take the guard down because the Bible says wounds from a friend are to be trusted. You put the guard up, you put the guard down. Shield, there's fiery darts from an enemy. Ephesians 6 talks about how the enemy wants to destroy your life. Keep your shield up. We're going to war, people. We've got a lot more business. We've got a lot more damage. We've got a lot more ground to take. So you've got to learn how to shield yourself from those things that say, oh, those people in the north of England, they'll never do much for the Lord. That's the shield. You get your shield up and catch that dart. Don't let that shield go down and let that dart affect your spirit. Don't let that happen. So you get that shield up, you get your guard up, and you just go forward in life. 
John Donne is my favorite poet, if I'm honest with you, and he wrote this. He said, no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. The great apostle Paul put it like this. He talked about in the church, every body, every person is connected. Every person has a special part to play. And if the weakest members of the body hurt, we should all hurt. In other words, there's a connection that we should all have. Why? That connection is real because God's our Father. Because God's our Father, we're all connected. Now that Abba anchor is powerful. And I wanted to take you to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, and read this and see where this principle lands in the life of a believer. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we are our children, then we are heirs, heirs of God. Talk about favor. Talk about, wow, that's not, that's not some little thing that we should just overlook. We're not slaves anymore. We're sons, and we have the rights of sons. We have the rights of daughters. God wants to bestow blessing and honor on you. That's just an amazing concept to us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow after us all the days of our life. There is no other place I would rather be than in serving Jesus Christ. Because connected to Jesus is not in slaveship, it's in sonship. I'm a son. So in my most difficult times, the Bible says we can cry, Abba. It doesn't say in your best times. No, because when you go through tough times, you need a father. You need somebody to get close to you and to believe in you. And when you have that Abba anchor, you are caused to do incredible exploits. You do things that you normally would not do. You take chances and risks because you know that God goes before you. And I just feel like there's a whole lot more risks we need to take in 2015. There's a whole lot more challenges that we're incubating as a team that we want to go for. Why? Because we know that God is there for us, that God would protect us. Let me tell you a story about a young man called Eric. Eric lives in a place in Poland, in the northern part of Poland, where really not a lot happens. But Eric started to believe that God is his father, and so he incubated an idea that many people around him couldn't understand. He said, I want to move to Bradford to be a part of Life Church. But he didn't have the finances and he didn't have the time to join the academy. Our academy is world class, by the way. It is awesome. We love our academy. But he couldn't do that because he was already involved in a local church being a youth pastor. So he came for four months. Came for four months in 2013. Many of us didn't even know Eric. He just kind of served a little bit, was on the host team. But something affected his spirit when he was around us. And he, he got it into his spirit that, that God is his father. Why couldn't he see miracles happen in his life and in his generation? So I went back to his pastor, Thomas, and they started talking. You know this little conference we do that we've been running for 18 years. Why don't we do something bigger? Why don't we believe God that God could do something incredible? So he says, why don't we go out and hire the biggest arena 
the biggest arena we can find. And they're like, okay, that's a big arena. It's called the Ergo Arena. It's a 10,000 seater. And they went and hired that sucker. They had 3,000 young people come to that this last week. And I've got a picture of this particular event I wanted to show you right now. This is of, of the Ergo Arena and the team there, the Warsaw team. It's going to come up in a minute, I'm sure. The AV team are finding it right now as I'm speaking. Yeah, if we just scroll back so we can see the headline. We want to see the headline. Jesus party at the Ergo Arena. How awesome is that? You can see Pete Gardner in full singing voice right there. Yeah, you can see Iga. She's our uh, campus pastor. Magic was interpreting, so she wasn't there. But you can just see the text. And this is the mind of a secular writer. They've never seen this before. They don't know how to quantify it. They don't know how to describe it. They don't even know where to find the words to talk about what they're seeing before their eyes. And so they say, this is like Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical, Jesus Christ Superstar. That's the only point of reference they had to see such the amount of passion and vibrancy in the room that was there. But the point is, when over 500 people responded, I don't know how many people got saved. I mean, it was just, uh, we couldn't count. It was just so many. But here's the point. That started when a young man called Eric found God as his father and took a risk that was so different than anyone else in Gdansk in the north of Poland, decided to raise the money and come. And something happens. Once you take a risk like that and you find out that God is real and he's your father, you're ruined in a good way for life. And now I'm expecting bigger things, and he's expecting bigger things, and he's talking about doing the next thing, and the next thing after that. And I've realized that's the power of God in action when you have Abba Father going on. What do you need to do in your life? Where do you need Abba Father to kick in? What are you incubating? Because you might just feel like Eric was, sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know if anybody sees my dream. God does. I don't know if I have the right talents to make it. Well, guess who put the talents in you? I don't really have the finances. Yeah, but you've got the relationships around you. You've got the people that believe in you. Why can't we start more life groups? Why can't you see your business prosper? Why can't you see your marriage restored? When you have this foundational principle as Abba Father, then everything starts to change. Now, like this young man, Eric, I'm telling you about, he found out that his dream needed a whole lot of people to help him out with that dream. Now that he had that foundational element down, this thing is Abba Father principle down, he needed to move to the next anchor that I wanted to talk about tonight. And this next anchor is found in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, where the Bible says, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. My second anchor is this. <laughs> Nothing can separate you from this anchor. This is the brother anchor. You see, the brother anchor is so strong. Do you know Jesus as your brother? Do you know him as your brother? Now that's, that's like, okay, we know God as the Father, Abba, but, but do you know how to have a laugh with somebody? Do you, do you know how to just have fun and cut up with somebody and be so relaxed in their presence that, that there's this flow that comes off you? I mean, I mean Jesus as your brother is entirely different than anything else you'll experience in your life. Now, Jesus went on to say things like, he went on to say things like, if you're angry with your brother, 
you've murdered them in your heart. Wow, that's like, Jesus, we take it easy on us, Jesus. If you've ever lost your temper with somebody, you might as well have murdered them. I mean, this platform that Jesus operates from gives it a playing field that's like, okay, we really need to change the way we do life. In Genesis chapter 4, it tells the story of the first family. And Cain and Abel, the, t- the first two brothers in the Bible, they didn't get on very well. Fact, Cain ended up murdering Abel because he was jealous of him, because he had God's favor on his life. And instead of looking at Abel and saying, you know what, Abel, I'm going to learn from you, and I'm going to adopt the same principles that you're using, I'm going to bring that generosity, and I'm going to bring that first fruits principle the Bible talks about, and I'm going to start to do these things in my life. Instead, he murdered him. Wow. I wonder how many times we're this close to our breakthrough, and we let anger win the day, or frustration win the day, or we let our doubt kick in again. Because God said to Cain, he said, sin is waiting at the door. It's crouching to take you out. That's why we need our guard, and we need our shield. Because just like there's opportunity, there's also distraction. Just like there's breakthrough, there's also the antithesis to breakthrough, distraction and denial and delay. And so if you want your breakthrough to come, you're going to have to action yourself out of your blessed assurance and into action. You're going to have to action yourself away from jealousy and selfish ambition to get involved with the plan and purposes of God. That's what brothers do. Brothers ring up and say, I need some help. I've got about 50 things on and I can't do them. You got to come and you got to help me out. Come on, can you give a brother a hand? Have you ever heard that saying? Come on, can you give a sister a hand? I need some help here with a table tennis table. Can you give a brother a hand? And you send this call out. Church, I'm letting you know. The Holy Spirit is saying to you, come on, can you give your brother a hand? Jesus needs a hand. Jesus needs some help. And that call should go out because there's a lot of work to be done here, right here at good old Yorkshire. And that example of Jesus saying, come on, we got to be our brother's keeper. It's so crucial that we get this right. See, there's like this, there's this compassion and love that we should have for each other. And of course, Jesus said, let the little children lead you. But we're like, I don't like you because... You don't look like me. You don't talk like me. You offended me 37 years ago. No, those are historian friends. We don't like historian friends. Historian friends remember every time you didn't put the table tennis together. I'm just saying, Matthew and Ariana, you need some marriage counseling after this. Because they remember every mistake you ever made. And they remind you of your mistakes right when you start your action. We don't need historians. What about scorekeepers? Scorekeepers are not good. Scorekeeper friends are like, no, 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 you were mean to me, so I'm going to be mean back to you, double. And then the other guy goes, no, I'm going to mean double. And suddenly you get this game of multiplication because why? You're keeping score. No, Jesus doesn't keep score. He forgives your sins as far as the east is from the west. And yet as a church, we're so into this. You know, that's why local church can be hard because we limit people. We keep people in the same role that they used to be in. We don't allow for growth. God's not like that. When God's like, no, 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 I'm your father. I want you to grow. I want you to succeed. I want you to try new things and expand and try things that you've never done before. That's God's father heart. 
and your brother heart, your sister heart should be. When somebody succeeds, it should be, great on you, Matt Hooper. You wrote a song, great. That's cool. That's awesome. And, and if you don't have that kind of heart, ooh, look out. Ooh, that hurt because James chapter 316, you ready for this? It says, where there's envy and jealousy, there's every evil practice. You got jealousy in your heart? Ooh, look out. You are at enmity with God. God will be against you as your father because God's like, no, I don't like that jealousy stuff because he's your father. See, God's good. He's so good. He knows you can't take that jealousy with you to your next level. So God's like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't abuse you physically, but he's not like that. He, he's not mean. But God knows what you need the most. So he's like, ah, oh, that jealousy, you're going to get called out for it. And somebody's going to come that's a friend, wounds from a friend to be trusted. Say, you know what? I think you got an attitude problem. Or you, you got a jealousy problem. And you're like, my guard's up. I'm not listening to you. Go away. I know that the guard doesn't work when it's God. You can't guard yourself from God. I know. How do I know that? I've tried. I don't know, God. I don't want to hear that. God, don't tell me about that. And God's like, no, lower your guard. Put your shield down. It's okay. You're going to be okay. I love you. I'm for you. Lower your guard. Lower your shield. I'm your father. Let's get this relational stuff worked out. Let's process this together. Suddenly you're like, yeah, okay. I'm going to process this. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to start this relatability again. Try again. And as we close this, wherever you're at today, I just know that Abba anchor and having that brother anchor in your life, those two anchors, they'll set you up for what we can build on next week. If we get those two anchors working and solid, that's cool. I want to give you some homework. I want you to just think about the anchors in your life. I want you to think about the places you go to when things are not going well. And check your life for that. Just check your life. It's not exhausting. It's not like you've got to go write an essay or anything. I'm just saying, think about the anchors in your world and in our life groups and all the different things that we do in our ministries. Take some time to bottom that out. And if we can do that, get that right and say, God, you are our Father. You are Abba Father. That'll be a beautiful place to launch out into some more breakthroughs in 2015. Amen, church? Come on, time's gone. Jump up to your feet. Hey, I hope now you're ready to understand how great God's Father heart is for you. God created you, He formed you, and He loves you. That's why He's our anchor. He's our Father, Abba Father. And I just want to pray because I know a message like this can stir up so emotion and bring up so many things from people's past. And so we just want to pray right now. God, thank you that you're our Father. Thank you that you love us. You created and you formed us and you believe in us but you don't leave us as we are. You help us to become everything you destined us to be. And so God, we pray for every person listening or watching, God, that you would help them to achieve their potential. Amen. Hey, if you've got anything in your life that you want more prayer for, drop us an email at hello at lifechurchhome.com and keep at it. Keep that foundational anchor intact and move forward, believing God for greater things ahead. Cherish is our annual women's conference taking place on the 28th to the 30th of May at the First Direct Arena in Leeds. 
The Bible says that now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know as I am fully known. He knows everything about you, from the hairs on your head to the destiny inside your heart. God knows you. You are known. Hosted by Charlotte Gamble with special guests Priscilla Shira, Andy Andrews and Jen Johnson with Bethel Music. Don't miss out. You can book online lifechurchhome.com.